0: Our sermon today is from Luke 12, verses 13 through 21, if you'd please rise out of honor of God's word, now that you guys have just sat down, (laughs) Luke 12, verses 13 through 21, that's found on page 1,108 in your Black Pew Bible, and 1,259 in the Adventure Bible. Luke 12 verses 13 through 21. And I read in Jesus' name, Luke 12 verses 13 through 21. Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. But he said to him, Man, And I will say to my soul, soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, be merry. But God said to him, fool, this night your soul is required of you. And the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So it is. So is the one who lays up treasure for himself. That is not rich toward God. Let's pray. Father. I pray that we would not be fools, Lord, and as we study your word, that you would guide us into wisdom, that you might be glorified in us, and that we might live in righteousness for the sake, well, for everybody's sake, for yours, for ours, and for those around us. Lord, we ask this in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. So today we're going to talk about money, kind of because that's what this is about kind of so the the context here in this day and age, if you had more than one child, the elder sibling would get a double share, and then everyone else would get a single share and so say um the, the elder son, I should say, because here it was, you know, within Judaism, it was the elder son. And so, um, who has an elder son? <laughs> well, say the Ewells do. So, because I was like, Carolyn and Ethan. Well, no, Ethan would get all the inheritance. Sorry, Carolyn. You're out of luck. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, so Nathaniel and, and Quinlan, Nathan, they would break, they'd take the inheritance, they'd split it into three. I suppose Mark and Janet do too they take the inheritance, they'd split it into three. Nathaniel would get two-thirds, and Quinlan would get one-third. Congratulations, Quinlan. <laughs> you are the other son. No. Um, so that, but that was the way they did it. That's the way they divided up the inheritance. And so this guy's coming to Jesus, and he's telling Jesus, hey, Jesus, I want more of the inheritance. Well, Why? They don't get into that. They don't get into what's going on in the background. All we know is that he wants more of the inheritance. Divide the inheritance with me. Split it Split it more fairly. Split it more equally. But that wasn't the culture. And there's reasons for this. Because if you divided it fairly, equally amongst all of them, ultimately all of that land gets divided into such a small number that you can't do anything with it. But when they did it like this, You've actually done studies on that, which is fascinating. And you know, God knew all of this before Americans did studies on it. But if you do it like this, then that, then the wealth actually has a greater opportunity to expand. And it, it's it's fascinating. I'm not going to go into all the study, but not all the studies. But as God organized the Jewish nation to divide the inheritance in this way, it made it so that the Jewish people were able to expand their wealth in a way that would not have happened had it just been divided equally amongst all of the brothers. And the inheritance followed the brothers, the inheritance didn't follow the daughters because they were married into another inheritance. So a man shall leave his father and his mother and be united to his wife, while well, that wife was also leaving her parents too. They were leaving the family and she was uniting into that, the man's family. And so that's why women take the last name of their husbands because they are uniting into the man's family. So that's the context. Any questions? Pretty straightforward, right? So he's asking Jesus to do something that's countercultural and that goes against probably the will of the Father. Uh, and so was he right or wrong? Well, probably wasn't right. But ultimately, there was a bigger problem. And this is the bigger problem that we really need to talk about. Because what's more important here? The relationship? Or the money. The the money, right? For this guy. Not in reality. For this guy. Like, I just said that wrong. (laughs) For this man who's coming to Jesus, he's trying to get God to intercede for the money. He's not trying to get God to intercede for the relationship. He's trying to get God to intercede for the money. And so what is his priority? The money, not the relationship. And I don't know about you guys, have you ever witnessed a family that broke apart due to an inheritance? Isn't that wonderful? It really No, it's awful. It tells you what is most important amongst his family. The relationships amongst the siblings don't matter at all. I know I know a family that broke apart over about $5,000. You know, they're like, wow, that's not a lot of money. You're right, that's not a lot of money, but what does that tell you? The relationships really weren't important to them. There wasn't love, there wasn't care, there wasn't compassion, there wasn't generosity. It It was sinful through and through. And that's where the problem is. Like, that's the heart of this problem, because as we focus on the material things, the material things in this world, they start to make us serve them, and we start to leave behind what really matters. Because if I, as a pastor, as a human being, whatever hat I'm wearing as a father, as a son, it doesn't matter. If I, as a human being, start to emphasize the material things above the spiritual things, I'm going to cause problems wherever I go. And that doesn't matter if it's my money, it's your money, if it's your soul, my friends, your family. When I'm emphasizing the material things above something that's spiritual. Because you guys are spiritual. You're not just physical bodies. You're not just people. You are spiritual creatures. And so if I'm putting anything material above you, I'm ultimately putting that material thing above God. Because you bear the image of God. That's the problem here. And that's the problem that this rich fool fell into. And that's the problem that this guy has fallen into. And that's the problem that our culture has fallen into. That's the problem that has plagued humanity since Cain and Abel. Because when Cain and Abel had their... Well, when Cain had his spat with Abel, what was he doing? He was emphasizing a material, a temporal thing. He was emphasizing... Position and pride. He got angry. He got sullen. He didn't get his way. His way is a temporary thing. And he emphasized that above the life of his brother. And so all the way back to that first fratricide, that brother-killing brother, we've constantly fallen into the same temptation. And this is the temptation, one of the big temptations of sin, that we emphasize the material world, we emphasize temporary things over eternal things. That's our problem. And the context here kind of shows us how it's playing out. But this problem is the same problem that we ran into. Is my money more important than that person's soul? Is my pride more important than that person's soul? Are my feelings, it's Norwegian as they are, more important than that person's soul? Like that's the reality. What's more important? Because if that person is eternal. And I don't know about you guys, but my feelings are not eternal. They kind of go like this. Actually, mine go like this. (laughs) Yeah, Linda's go like that. Pastor Joe's are kind of much smaller in their extravagance. As we're can we follow those things which are temporal and can we put those above those things which are eternal? We all know this, don't we? But do we do this? How many of you have done that? I've done that. I've insulted someone because I'm mad at them. I'm not currently mad at them, but I've done that. I have, I have ignored someone because I was concerned about my own financial well-being. I've ignored their needs because I was concerned about my own financial well-being. I've done that. I've been there. I was more focused on my own feelings and I was focused on their needs. I've done that. I've been this guy. Many times. It's sad. Because I missed this same lesson. I have focused on the temporal things. Eat, drink, and be merry. Don't worry about it. No. Because what's the other part of this problem? What makes this a problem? All of these material things, all of these temporal things, whether it's pride, whether it's position, whether it's my own emotions, my own thoughts, my own desires, my own hopes, they all pass away. And they pass away way faster than we understand. In a moment. They can be taken away. One day everything will be going well and boom. It's all done. All that stuff that I was hoping in, gone. Gone. Have you ever had your plans change like that? Your day is going along, going along splendidly, and then it's going along smashingly. I don't know, if smashingly became good, and that's usually bad for, as far as I'm concerned. Um, <laughs> everything changes in a moment. Something happens. It's the same imagery. It's the same idea. My every, I will never have any problem. That's what this guy is saying. Everything's going really well. We'll never have any problems. I've got enough food, I've got enough money, I've got enough goods, I've got enough stuff, I don't have to work anymore, I don't have to strive anymore. Boom. It's all changed. Because everything within the material wa- realm can change at that pace. Fool, tonight. Tonight. Right now. You're done. And so if I'm living my life emphasizing material, temporal, temporal, things, if I'm living for the stuff in this world, whether that's my position, whether that's my pride, whether that's my security, whether that's my ease, whether that's my financial situation, whatever material thing I'm looking to, that I'm not looking to God to provide for these things, but I'm looking to myself to provide for these things, it can be taken away in an instant. Brian and I were talking about that yesterday, how... With one accusation, all of all of the authority, all of the position that I have worked, all the reputation that I've worked so hard to accumulate within this town, within this area, with one accusation that can be taken away. Because right now it only takes an accusation. Newspaper would report on it. Pastor is accused of embezzling, whatever. I don't know, whatever. Be accused of anything pastor was accused of being mean. All of it's gone. Probably not for being mean, but you know what I mean. All it needs is an accusation. So who do we look to? That's the problem with people who are rich. What was the last phrase? The solution. So is the one who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. So it is the person who acquires for himself my reputation. If I'm just acquiring this for myself, it could be taken away. But if I'm trusting God to provide, if I'm walking with the Lord and he's giving me a reputation, it doesn't matter if it gets taken away because it's him who gives, it's him who takes away. That's what Job said. We see this played out in Job's life. His family, his finances, his place, his position, all the middle part of Job. Of um, you know, People usually like to read the beginning of Job, skip a whole bunch and then read the end of Job. <laughs> it's like, there, it's fixed. That whole middle portion was actually a discussion on Job's reputation. Job's reputation was stripped away from him at every level because they questioned Job at every level. You guys ever read the middle of Job? Yeah, that's what's going on. Remember his friends constantly accusing him? Hey, if you, had done, if you had been more godly, if you had been more righteous, if you had been more open, obviously there's some sin in your life that you're not confessing. If you had been more whatever, all of that was his reputation being stripped away. And Job's just saying, I just need God. What you're saying is not true. I need God. Job was rich towards God. Job trusted the Lord. Was it mean to be rich toward the Lord? Well, Jeremiah tells us in Jeremiah 9, um, 28 and 27 I'll have to check that out later but he says let him who boasts let not the rich man boast in his riches let not the mighty man boast in his might but let him who boasts boast in this that he knows and understands me what does it mean to be rich toward God it means to know and to understand God it means to walk with the Lord that's the solution to all of these things Janet and I were talking about that earlier this week too how fragile we are easily broken You know, how many of you have ever read like Fox's Book of Martyrs or read about um, Tortured for Christ by Richard Vermbrandt or read Through Gates of Splendor by Elizabeth Elliot or any of the other missionary books and martyr books? As these people trusted God and relied on God, what happened to them? They didn't, they they died. A lot of them, well, basically all of them have died so far. Um, But did that... Did they break? No, they didn't break. And so you think about Jim Elliot through Gates of Splendor. They were able to defend themselves. Every one of those men were armed. But because of their love towards God and their love towards these people, they became stronger and they did not defend themselves, but they allowed themselves to be killed for the sake of those people. They became stronger. Richard Vermbrandt, he just became stronger and stronger and stronger. One of the lines that he said is um, he was beaten for preaching. And he said, yeah, I made, a, I made a deal with the guard. I preach, he beats me. We're both happy. <laughs> you know, and so what was his goal? He became stronger. Why? Because he trusted God. He was rich towards God. If I'm rich towards this world, I become fragile. If I'm rich towards God, I don't just become robust. I become anti-fragile. His beatings made him trust God more. He was rich towards God. He wasn't a fool. He actually grew as chaos entered into his life. Was it fun? Probably not. But he grew in his faith and in his knowledge of the Lord. He grew in his walk with the Lord. Everything else in this world, everything else can be taken from us in a moment. Everything. My pride. My self-will. My determination. I can do whatever I want. Ah, That can be taken from you in an instant. What can't? Your relationship with God. So when you're rich towards the Lord, you don't do stuff like this. Because then, like this this guy, then your money, it gets to be used so that they can have a relationship with the Lord. Because this guy, he was rich for himself. Divide the inheritance. Let my brother divide the inheritance with me. He wasn't rich towards his brother. Now he was poor towards his brother. He spent all of his relationship with his brother in order to get money. Instead of using money to build his relationship with his brother. Instead of using his pride to build his relationship. Instead of using his feelings to build his relationship. Instead of using these things to build his relationship with others and with God. He spent his relationship with others and with God. In order to get these things. Because he's talking to God. And so what now is his relationship with God? It's just about money. God do for me. Jesus do for me. Jesus is like, that's not my role here. You missed it. Do we do this? Because where is the world? How is the world supposed to live? How are we supposed to be? We should probably spend temporal things in order to get eternal things. Have you ever contemplated the fact that, uh, you know, you're pretty happy if you can buy a can of pop for, if, if you guys found a can of pop for 25 cents, would you say, wow, that's a really good deal? yeah if you found a car for twenty five cents, you'd say there's got to be something wrong, but I'm buying it. <laughs> if you found a can of pop for twenty thousand dollars, would you buy it? No, why? Because that car that's worth twenty thousand dollars that lasts a lot longer right than that can of pop that's costing twenty five thousand dollars you ever thought about that? I've thought about that for. Off and on, just really weird things go through my head sometimes. But you know, yeah, thanks Jim. You have no idea what I filter out. <laughs> Much stranger things. And, but that's what we're doing. When, when I'm buying that can of pop for $20,000, that's when I'm living my life for temporal things. This is not worth my life these things in this world, money is not worth your life. Your relationships are not worth. Your, your relationships are not worth. They're so much more valuable than any amount of money that exists. They are more valuable than your pride. Cause that'll be gone in a moment. They're more valuable than your position. Cause that could be gone in a moment. They are more valuable than your emotions because those are going to change in a moment. They're more valuable. They're more valuable. Your relationship with God, your relationship with others, your relationship with yourself, these are more valuable. Don't spend your temporal things on temporal things. Spend them on eternal things. And don't spend your eternal things on temporal things. Because these temporal things are not worth it. This is what it means to be rich towards God. Because the one who's rich towards God lives for eternal things. Any questions? Does this make sense? It isn't complicated. But it's quite possible I did a poor job of explaining it. (laughs) These things aren't hard. They make sense. But in our sin, in my sin, I can't speak to you guys or about your guys' sin, but I can speak to mine. In my sinfulness, I am usually more than willing to sacrifice that which is eternal for that which is temporal. Back when I was in college, I'd call it the convenience store mentality. It's so much quicker to go to the convenience store and spend $6 on a gallon of milk than to actually drive all the way to the grocery store and spend 3. It's the convenience store mentality. And that's what I do. I want to encourage you guys don't do that. Let's not live this way. Let's live for those things which are eternal. Because those are the things that matter. That's what we want to be rich in. Because it's the fool. Remember what a fool is? Fool is a person who lives in a way that doesn't work. the best description that I have. They live in a way that doesn't work. Well, it's against God's will. Yeah, it doesn't work. So if we live for temporal things, we're fools. We're living for what doesn't satisfy, what doesn't benefit us, it doesn't help us doesn't do anything. But when we live for God, we are rich in ways the world can't know. So it's pretty simple, right? Trust God and live for eternal things. Because he says you will be rewarded. Or you can distrust God and live for temporal things and have them taken away from you in a moment. Your choice. All right, let's pray. Father, thank you. I thank you for this parable. I thank you for your word. Lord, I thank you for the depth of it. I thank you for straightening me out through it. Lord, that I might live for eternal things. And I pray that we would. That we'd live for you. for Your glory, for your name, for your kingdom for that to be known in others and be known in us. Lord, that we'd live for these things, not for things that pass away. Gone in a moment. Guide us, Father. We need you to guide us. And where we've messed up, we pray that we'd have the humi- humility to repent and again be rich towards you. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.